You are Locked On Raptors, your daily Toronto Raptors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 103 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, March 5th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean, and the show is on Twitter as well. At Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single show. Locked On Raptors is also part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which hosts team-specific shows for all 30 NBA teams, as well as Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd and Locked On NBA with David Locke, and you can find those all together, as always, on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. Our show as well, Locked On Raptors is on iTunes. You can leave a rating or a review there, and I would really appreciate that. Uh, it's the best way to help out the show and show that you care and help to move us up the rankings, so please do that, and I would be forever indebted to you. On today's show, uh, I'm recording it right now as the Raptors are getting absolutely demolished by the Oklahoma City Thunder at home. Uh, the Raptors right now, as I speak, are down on 111-82. I was going to wait till after the game to record, but I mean, what's the point? Uh, it's just a, uh, a disaster game for the Raptors. Just nothing has gone well, and it's, uh, it's discouraging to say the least. But look, man, blowouts happen. It's uh, it's not great. They're always depressing when you see them, uh, and people like to you know tend to lose their minds when uh, blowouts happen as well on on Twitter and things like that. And it's understandable, but I think there are reasons for why these things happen. And the Raptors are in tough right now, man. Kyle Lowry's out, and people might look at this as oh, me just you know being constant fence sitter who never you know wants to call people out. I'll call people out. I don't really care. It's uh, it, it was a bad game against a good team that the Thunder are. You know, as much as people want to say that Thunder aren't very good, that they're what Russell Westbrook and everybody else. I mean, they're an incredibly good defensive team. Like their starting five is airtight defensively with Westbrook, Stephen Adams, Taj Gibson, Andre Roberson, and Victor Oladipo. I mean, that's a really good defensive five to throw out there. And it's going to give the Raptors a team that has a lot of trouble scoring the ball right now, uh, a lot of problems. And, you know, the, the problems were many tonight for the Raptors. As we speak right now, they're 3 of 18 from 3. That's probably number one. The three-pointers are a thing. And without Kyle Lowry... You just you can't afford 0 of 4 nights from Serge Ibaka, 0 of 2 from Damari Carroll who made his return tonight. Uh, you know, 1 of 3 or 0 of 3 from Patrick Patterson. Like you just can't afford that. And when you're not getting those shots to fall, the Raptors are not going to be a very good team, and that's fine. I mean, this happens. It, it's the NBA is a strange place where when you lose one good player, things tend to fall apart, and that's just kind of how the NBA works. I mean, if you lose your best player, you're going to struggle, and the Raptors have not been that bad without Kyle Lowry. They've been, you know, a top 10 defensive team. They've been middle of the road offensively. Uh, I think since the, the break, they're a top 10 net efficiency team as well with Kyle Lowry out. I mean, that is not a bad team. By definition, that's not a bad team. Uh, but, you know, there, there are going to be nights where the offense completely dries up, and, you know, teams like the Thunder are teams that can absorb what the Raptors do offensively and really sort of turn him into nothing, and that's just going to happen from time to time. DeMar DeRozan was really the only guy that really showed out tonight. Uh, DeMar DeRozan was at... Tw- 8 of 14 for 22 points. He had three assists, three rebounds. I thought he did a really good job of passing early on in this game. He had a nice assist to uh, Jonas Valanciunas under the basket. A, a dart of a pass from, you know, in a really nice high-low feed. He had a really nice pass to Jakob Pertl on the roll. Pertl, you know, he didn't play a whole lot in the second half, but the first half with Valanciunas in, uh, in, in foul trouble, uh, you know, Pertl got in there quite a bit for the first half, and he looked pretty good. I mean, offensively, I think he's got some really nice touch. I think him on the roll, as he gets more confident, as he gets more sort of aggressive just going up with the ball in his hands towards the basket it's going to be nice but he's got some nice touch there and uh, I've always liked his fluidity just sort of with his feet and his athleticism so Pirtle was nice and uh, you know 
he was a minus 11, which is, you know, one of the better marks of the team tonight. So, yeah, I mean, you can't draw anything really from this game. Things are going to happen. I mean, Serge Ibaka had a rough game offensively, especially with the threes. He started making some mid-range jumpers later on, but the threes weren't falling for him. And when that's not happening, the Raptors are putting themselves at a serious math disadvantage. And their defense was crap tonight, too. The rim protection was just non-existent. Valanciunas had a rough night. He really seemed to have uh, Steven Adams in his head. Uh, and, you know, he didn't... You know, the, the Thunder aren't a team that should pull Valanciunas away from the basket and prevent him from being a solid rim protector, but it's just kind of what happened. There were, you know, repeated layups under the basket for Ennis Cantor, Victor Oladipo, Russell Westbrook kind of got there whenever they wanted to. Uh, so it wasn't just the, the, the guys, you know, near the basket. It was the perimeter guys as well. DeRozan not very good. Uh, no one can stay in front of Westbrook, whether it was Joseph or DeLon Wright or whoever. Just an ugly game all around. You know, Damari Carroll came back, didn't look very good, only had two points, and... You know, Oladipo and even Andre Roberson had a really nice game. Six of eight from the field for Andre Roberson is crazy. Like, this guy can't play offense, but the Raptors gave that up. It was not a good performance from the Raptors tonight whatsoever. And if you want to, you know, pick nits with this individual game, that's fine. But I've seen a lot of people on Twitter right now sort of, you know, just going with these big picture, just horrible, horrible takes about what the Raptors have done. And it's tiresome, man. Like, it's it's really tiresome that people are kind of looking at this team without, you know, just understanding the context of what not having Kyle Lowry means. I, maybe just people don't understand how good Kyle Lowry is. You know, Eric Kareen is on here kind of doing the same thing I'm about to do with, uh, with this podcast. I'm just going to roll through and say how bad uh, these takes are. But, like... The, you know, Eric Kareen just had a, someone tweet at him saying, like, I can't believe this team is so bad without Lowry. That's what should happen when Kyle Lowry is not out. Like, he's a really damn effective player. I think when he went out, he was, like, second in the league in points added. Like, not having him is going to, you know, infect your team. But I don't think it means anything big picture for the Raptors. I think they're still fine. Like, there's nothing, like, terrible right now about what the Raptors are doing. They're having bad games here and there, but they had a nice game against the, you know, their one bad game really before this one was the one against the Heat, where they completely laid an egg. Uh, and that was on the second night of a back-to-back when they got into Miami at 3 a.m. So maybe that's making excuses. I just kind of look at that as a schedule loss anyway against the Heat, a team who are really playing for something right now. The Raptors seem entrenched in that four seed right now. Maybe they'll slip to five. Maybe they could jump to three still. That's not out of the question at this point, considering the Wizards' closing schedule and the, and the fact that the Raptors have the tiebreaker. But, I mean, like, it's there's a lot of really sort of silly discourse coming out right now from Raptors fans. I mean, I saw someone out there, and I mean, a lot of these people are people I respect and, and talk to a lot, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to call them out because, like, come on, like, you're overreacting to one game. Uh, one person out there, Anthony Doyle, friend of the show, he uh, writes for Raptors Republic, very good basketball follow, but Raptors Twitter follow, uh, so follow Anthony Doyle, but he was saying how he wouldn't be surprised he sees there's a path for the Raptors to fall into the sixth seed. I mean, the Raptors are a 500, better than 500 team with Kyle Lowry. I think they're 6-5 and five at this point, which is, I think, what most people would have hoped for and expected without Kyle Lowry, considering what the Raptors have in terms of talent and offensive talent in particular. Um, because, you know, again, not having Lowry impedes your ability to score a lot of baskets and hit a lot of threes, and that's going to hurt your team. Now, the, that the Raptors are 6-5 and five is fine. Like, they're, they're, they're trading water, and I think that's all people wanted. And I just don't think they're going to just go on this crazy run because of one bad game against the Thunder where they get blown out at home. I don't think that means that they're just going to slip down the standings all of a sudden. They have three games left against the Pacers, yes. 
the Pacers aren't very good. That's the thing. I mean, they're right around a 500 team. Uh, they're not that much better than the teams that are behind them in the Eastern Conference. And those teams are all kind of bad and mediocre. And the Pacers are kind of just like that. I don't think the Pacers are a team that are worrisome for the Raptors if they were to come across them in a playoff series, for example. And I don't think they have to be worried, be worried about the Pacers gaining four games on the Raptors in the final 15 games of the season. I just don't think this, the Pacers have that kind of ability or skill on their roster. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, there's been people out there saying that the media needs to call out the Raptors. I mean, what, what, I mean, what's that going to do? Who cares? Like, that's not going to do anything for anybody. That's not going to change anything with the Raptors. That's not going to make Dwayne Casey coach better. That's just a silly thing. Uh, kind of a dumb trope. I think people are throwing out there. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to like search Raptors in Twitter and see what comes up because there are a lot of people out there who are saying, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go on Twitter and search Raptors and see what people say. Because, again, like, people living and dying with every single Raptors win is so tiresome. Like, just look at the context of how the Raptors have gone 6-5 and five in their last 11 games. Uh, you know, yes, they've lost 3 of 4 now, and that's troublesome or whatever. But if you go back to the All-Star break, I mean, they won 5 of 6 coming out of that. They're, again, 6-5 and five without Kyle Lowry. Again, that's totally what you would hope for. That's totally what you would expect um like it's it's gonna be okay like don't worry about it like every single game people want to lose their minds over what's going on but like again look at the context kyle lowry's important so here let's find it what some people are saying here well here's one the raptors are in trouble if kyle lowry is this important to them winning derozan hasn't gotten the wins at all first of all again kyle lowry is a top 15 player in the nba uh any team would be in trouble and not being able to like the warriors for example they lost kevin durant they still have top three top 20 players and they're struggling I think the Warriors will figure it out because, again, they have three top 20 players. But let's look around the league. If Russell Westbrook was to fall off of the Oklahoma City Thunder for whatever reason, he goes down to injury, the Thunder are going to struggle. They're going to be very bad. If James Harden were to get hurt for the for the Rockets, they would. the Rockets would be very bad. This is just how the NBA works. And if you're shocked at the Raptors not performing well with Kyle Lowry uh, in the, out of the lineup, like, what are you... like? Maybe you've just never watched basketball? I don't know. What else we got here? We have somebody saying... We have somebody saying here, West, Westbrook had more assists tonight than the Raptors had as a whole, and OKC killed them. Maybe it's time to switch the, switch up the way the offense runs. Uh, when Kyle Lowry's in, the offense is a has been a top 5 to 10 offense, and it's been top 2 for most of this season. Over the last 3 or 4 seasons, it's been in that range. It hasn't flipped out of the top 10 uh, during this really nice run that the Raptors have been on. And yes, the offense is simplistic. There's not one way to play offense. Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are very good individual scorers who are very good passers out of the driving kick scenarios that they create with their penetration, and it has led to a lot of really good offense for the Raptors. Not having guys hit threes obviously hurts. Being without Terrence Ross and Kyle Lowry, two guys who were you know, you know, you know, responsible for more than 50% of the team's threes, that's going to hurt. But on the whole, it's been proven that what the Raptors do on offense works, and it works really well. Maybe there are reasons why it might not work so much in the playoffs. I kind of think those are a little bit overblown and don't really look at the context of guys being hurt or whatnot in playoff series. But uh, yeah, the offense has been fine, and once Kyle Lowry's back, you would assume it's going to be fine too, because you have Serge Ibaka now playing at the four, a guy who's a pick-and-pop threat who can knock down threes, who can knock down mid-range jumpers. Uh, there's a lot to like about what the Raptors can do on offense, especially when Lowry's back. So no, I don't think there's need to change up the offense. Offense is going to be hard when you don't have your best player. Another one, uh, this one here. How long will how long do the Raptors stick with Casey? Coach doesn't shoot the rock, but he's supposed to design and play design plays and schemes on both sides of the ball for team to succeed. 
I mean, Dwayne Casey's done a pretty good job, man. Without Kyle Lowry, he's done a lot to sort of change things up. He, uh, you know, again, if teams are throwing a whole lot of stuff at DeMar DeRozan, like, there's not a whole lot else you can do. If you're being, you know, you're finding four-on-three opportunities a lot of the time when teams are doubling up DeRozan, and that should lead to good offense. The Raptors maybe don't have the guys who can make those plays out of those situations, and that hurts them, of course. Um, again, the three-point shooting, like, uh, there's been a lot of three-point attempts created. I mean, maybe not the, you know, the crazy volume that you'd like to see, but at the same time, a lot of the shots the Raptors have created from three have been wide open, and they just haven't gone down. Norm Powell has struggled at shooting the three. Serge Ibaka had four open threes tonight and missed them. This isn't really a matter of the Raptors not creating good looks. It's a matter of just not having the guys who could knock them down right now. And that, again, goes back to not having Kyle freaking Lowry, who is the team's best three-point shooter and best creator of three-point shots. Uh, it's This is fun. I'm, I'm, I'm digging this. So let's keep going here. Here's another one. Uh, the Raptors' experiment with having D-League players having a major role has failed. Should have used spots and picked up vets, i.e. Cavs. Um, again, like it hasn't failed at all. The Raptors have turned guys like DeLon Wright, Norman Powell, and even Jakob Pertl and Lucas Noguera into rotation players, and they're dirt cheap on the back end of the bench who are going to be cost-controlled and have projection uh, where they could get better still be while being cost-controlled over the next few years. Picking up guys like Darren Williams or Andrew Bogut or Derek Williams, like that might be good for the Cavs, sure. The Cavs are in a position where, yeah, winning right now is paramount. That's what they're trying to do. They're in LeBron James's window right now. Uh, the Raptors are not in that position right now. They, While the, it would be nice if they could squeak in, they're putting themselves in the position where they can compete right now while also having development going on for the future in the event that they don't win right now, which seems probably more likely and not likely than not just because of the context of which uh, of the Eastern Conference right now and, and the Eastern Conference they're competing in. You know, LeBron James is freaking good, and he's won the Eastern Conference six years in a row. And, you know, for the Raptors to be able to be this team where, on paper, with everybody healthy, they might be the second or third best team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I tend to think probably second because I think they're deeper than Washington. Maybe Washington's a better matchup and, and could beat the Raptors in a series. But on paper, the Raptors have the second most talent in the East. And they also have five guys on the end of the bench who are developmental guys and prospects and guys who could potentially get better and be good for you for very cheap. So, no, it has not failed. It's actually been incredibly successful given the D-League team has been there for two seasons and they've already churned out and helped to contribute into, you know, into the development of guys like Norm Powell, DeLon Wright, and, and so on down the list. Like, it's, it's silly. Like, like it's the D-League experiment has been really good for the Raptors and it's only going to continue to bear fruit as they add more as they get these two-way contracts in the summer it's only going to continue to bear fruit for the Raptors going forward so no it's not a failure at all um instead of just like anonymously ripping on people I should probably say the names of who I'm calling out but I, I don't really want to do that I don't really care I mean again I just I just searched Raptors on Twitter and I'm coming up with all these uh silly takes so we can f try to find one more here Here's one here. Raptors have been getting punted every single game the last two weeks. That's not true. I mean, they have two wins in the last two weeks. I, if you're going back as far as the Washington game, they have three. Uh, I, I guess they're three and four in the last two weeks if you're just going pure 14-day sample sizes. Uh, no, they have not been getting punted every single game. The Milwaukee game was tough. Yes, the Washington win was awesome. That was an incredible game, one of the most entertaining games of the season. Uh, the Pelicans win. The Raptors played really well. Probably should have won by the more than the seven points they did. The Atlanta game was a coin flip. The Miami game was terrible. The Dallas game was a blowout for the Raptors. I mean... Just people, again, the, the recency bias of looking at one bad game and sort of, you know, assigning that as to be to be what the Raptors are is just silly. And it's so frustrating, but it's also hilarious because, like, 
once the Raptors win another game, it'll be like an incredible sort of you know jubilant Raptors Twitter that are going crazy about the Raptors' chances. So, uh, yeah, this this is good. But I think that's all I got. Uh, I, I I could go through this all day. There are hilarious people saying things about the Raptors all the way through. Uh, my advice is to just sort of be more level-headed and just don't take so much you know out of each win and loss. Like just be be more level-headed. I mean, I don't want to tell people how to be fans. Like. If you want to get up and down with every loss, like, fine. But I just think it's going to lead to a lot of just sort of incorrect sort of assumptions that you draw out of every loss. Because the Raptors aren't as bad as they were tonight against the Thunder. It was a really bad game, I'm telling you. This, this was an awful game to watch. Uh, the free throws were out of, out of control. I think they, the teams combined for like 50-something free throws. It felt like way more. Uh, I think there were fewer in the fourth quarter. But like I watched this game on PVR, and it remained unwatchable despite the fact that I fast-forwarded through I, like, in the first half I had on PVR. And the fact that I fast-forwarded through the free throws didn't really help make it all that much more watchable. It was a brutal game. The Raptors did not play well at all. DeMar Rosen was really the only guy that did anything. Um, and, and, yeah, it sucked. But again, like it's one game, and the Raptors are without their best player, and they're still six and five without him, and things are going to be fine. Like the, once Kyle Lowry's back, this team is very good on paper, uh, and guys like Serge Ibaka, PJ Tucker aren't guys that sh- like it shouldn't take a whole lot to integrate those guys into the sort of in, into the mix once Lowry's back. I think it's going to be pretty seamless the way it was when Ibaka came to the Raptors and then got inserted into the lineup and quickly became the second option in a pretty smooth sort of way. So it's all good, man. Uh, just try to enjoy these remaining games. There's going to be fun games coming up on the schedule uh, against teams that are fighting for things, and there should be competitive games down the stretch. The Raptors aren't going to lay eggs like this in every game. Like, really, the the Heat game is the only one that they really sort of laid a complete egg in. The, the Milwaukee game, yeah, but it was one quarter that kind of did them in. Um, like, it's it's okay. That's kind of my thing, and I maybe people are tired of me being eternal optimist and eternal just sort of just taking things in stride and not going you know too over the top with anything that happens with the Raptors you know not getting too overreactionary I guess maybe people get tired of that and you want me to be more angry but like I just can't be angry at a loss you know the Thunder are really good and yes it was a brutal loss by a lot of points at home that's disappointing of course and they have a back-to-back tomorrow in Detroit that may that'll be tough as a result of playing tonight but I just think like getting up and down with these wins and losses especially when Kyle Lowry is out I mean it just it doesn't seem like it's all that productive so that's where I'm going to leave it for today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Raptors. Apologies to anyone I called out who is upset and is also a listener. Uh, if you want to you know, back up your claims and back up your takes and sort of you know, go back and forth with me, I'm all for that. Please just back yourself up and don't just be ridiculous and saying, you just don't just disparage the entire 2016-17 Raptors because of one loss to the Thunder or because of a, a, some struggles without Kyle Lowry. That's just kind of where I'm at, but... Uh, thank you so much for listening to the, to this episode. We'll be back again on Friday. Apologies for the weird schedule this week. Um, I, it's been just sort of hard for me to find the time this week, just, uh, with schedule and work and, uh, the girlfriend's on, is, is a teacher, so she's been off for March break, so there's been things going on as well there, and it's just been a, a hectic week, but... Uh, We'll have an episode on Friday. Not sure if there'll be a guest or not, but if not, the guests will be back up and running next week. Uh, It's just been hard to line them up this week, but that's uh, that just kind of happens. Next week we'll have more. Uh, You can follow follow me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Follow the show at Locked On Raptors. Leave a rating or review on the iTunes page. Would really appreciate that. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to me. Uh, Just scroll through Twitter, and uh, we'll talk to you again on Friday. Take care.